Okay, and we have kicked off. It is the Play On podcast at Podcast Play On at Beer at Bants, bringing you your weekly fortnightly podcast to your ears wherever you are. I go by the name of Ben English, and I think we're at episode 42. Wow, so thank you for listening. Make sure you can check us out on all podcast streaming platforms. Uh, Cal, uh, obviously, uh, I was going to say to the right of me, but I don't know where you're sitting because everyone's doing this from home. How are you getting on, brother? Very well, thank you very much. How are you doing yourself, sir? I'm very well, I'm very well. I was just talking to Ash and our guest off air about getting the runs in, getting the kilometres up, and uh, yeah, Big up everyone who's listening to us on their runs or their commutes, and hopefully they're seeing light at the end of the tunnel as we get you through the upcoming months. And Ash, how you getting on, sir? Yeah, I'm good. Big up the walking crew. Yeah, big up the tights, tights them. <laughs> Robin, <laughs> Robin, Hood, <laughs> Robin Hood men in tights, yeah. Um, and also we have got another special guest. Each week we keep giving you guest after guest. Obviously, this is for the fans, by the fans. Uh, different people across various platforms. As always, um, Ash, who seems to be the man at the moment, bringing the guests in. He's like the the number one agent, you know, signing everyone, bringing everyone in. Do you... He's Kia Jabrakan, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or Mino. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to uh, do you want to introduce today's guest, and then you two can discuss sort of what he's up to and where we can support him. Yeah. So um, sometimes you have family that aren't blood, and this is this is my big brother. So Corey. Um, who also has a podcast, the Friday Night Arse on Arse Bros, um, has joined us. So welcome, my bro. Uh, happy to be here, man. Happy yeah, to be this, here. Is, this is long overdue. Like, long overdue. Yeah, yeah, long overdue. Like, we should, yeah, this is, we've been talking about this for a long time. So, yeah. And I have glad to, to, go on. I have to thank Corey for putting me on to Fantasy Manager because um, all those years ago when I used to be bored at home watching football, I'm now obsessed with losing <laughs> and being behind <laughs> in my league. So, yeah, speak on it as your top as well. Yeah, I am top. Um, it's uh, as I was telling Ben Affairs, it's pressure um, being on top because you just know everybody's chasing you and everyone's trying to maybe think about what it is you're going to be doing and, and, you know, and try and counter that. Um, so, um, to hoping to stay there to the end of the season. Um, I wouldn't mind a few goals for my players today, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy at the moment. Yeah. You certainly currently 1,610 points. You got 37 points. So, uh, everyone listening is into fantasy, uh, big up Corey's team, Net Six and Chill. Um, just talk about your podcast. Obviously, it, the clue is in the name of the team you support, but just let us know about the podcast before we start with uh, today's show. Yeah, it's just you know what, it's it's a real sort of laid back show. It's you know you're not gonna get a load of statistics and what not. You're just gonna get a um, few Arsenal supporters who like to sit, you know, sit down and talk. Um, about Arsenal and you know and do it in a very sort of stupid way <laughs> so um, it's a lot of fun so you know but it's, it's you get you get to I get to go in there and I get to vent about Arsenal which is you know obviously every week these days um, yeah. so if you want to come and see somebody like have a little vent and rant um, come and see me on um, the Friday Night Arse Definitely, definitely. Well, maybe, I don't know if Ash has already been on it, but maybe we can all do a, a cross-podcast platform and all have a rant, because there's a lot at the moment, especially after today's result with Leicester, depending on how it goes. We're currently 
uh, streaming on Sunday during the game. So depending on how today goes, there'll be more more ammunition to, to rant about. All good. Uh, do you just want to sum up? We usually do. I don't know if Ash said, but usually with our guests, we have to sum up the season with three words or mm-hmm. sum up the latest game in three words. Uh, the latest game would probably be the Benfica game uh, midweek or, you know, currently the Leicester game. So I just, I'll pass it over to you, Corey, if you want to sum up Arsenal in three words. Um, this season, not good enough. Um, that last game, Saka saved us. Agreed, agreed. There's um, there's a Twitter uh, account online called Saka Blessed Things or Saka Blessing Things. And it's just a picture of him holding up his hand and it's like he's blessing different pictures. And without, <laughs> without that kid, I tell you. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't even want to think about where we'd be without him. Uh, it'd be bad. So I think he's in contention. Him and Foden for Young Player of the Year, um, which is interesting. Yeah, 100%, so, 100%. Yeah, them two are way out in front. Yeah, but it's positive times. It's positive times uh, ahead. So not good enough. I think we'll all agree on that. Okay, just moving forward. So you touched on Arsenal. Just quickly in the news, we've got, your, before we touch on the fixtures, just Europa League draw. There were some really interesting uh, draw results. Some of the big teams facing each other. Just to run through them quickly, and then I'll pass it to Ash and Cal, and then Corey, obviously, their thoughts. Ajax, uh, Young Boys, Dynamo Kiev, Villarreal, Roma, Shakhtar Donetsk, Olympiacos, Arsenal, uh, the rematch, Dynamo Zagreb, Spurs, Man United, Milan, two powerhouses, so, uh, Slava, Praha, Rangers, and Grenada, or Grenada, Molde, or Molde, or maybe if I mispronounce that, forgive me. Um, Ash, just pass it to you. Any games other than maybe obviously the obvious Arsenal, Olympiacos that stands out to you there? Um, the Manchester United AC Milan game. Um obviously two of the biggest teams in, in Europe. AC Milan have had a bit of a renaissance. Um, it's a return of Zlatan to um, Manchester. I think that's a, that's a good one. And the the most interesting game for me away from that is probably going to be Slavia Prague against Rangers. Um, I've been really kind of impressed with what Rangers have done um, in Europe recently. Um, I, f- I know I threw an article to the guys in the week, but yeah, they've just really just been going at it, like within 9-5 on aggregate, um, just scoring so many goals. Like not being scared to just say, you know what, yeah, we may concede a couple of goals at home, but we'll still go to your place and score goals as well. So, yeah, they're the two games I'm really looking forward to. Good stuff. Cal? Of course, I'm looking forward to the Arsenal game against a team which is pretty much Arsenal's Champions League bogey team, Olympiakos. Um, there's been some really slippery, sticky kind of results over the years. It's never easy going to their stadium in Istanbul, those fanatical ultras, if you will, lighting flares and, you know, just, just creating a hostile atmosphere. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually hoping, I'm praying <laughs> that Arsenal can go there and get a result. Um, although they have beaten us a couple of times over the years. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to that fixture myself. Interesting. Corey? Um, yeah, um, same as Cal. Um, obviously, Arsenal, Olympiacos, that's my team. Um, yeah, a bit of a bogey team. Um, we owe them one um, from last time. So, you know, maybe it's, it's our turn this time. But, yeah, we need to, we need to win that if, we, if we're serious about winning the Europa. So, um, 
And yeah, AC Man United, that should be an interesting one. Like I said, return as Latin to United. Um, you know, let's see what if he's, you know, if, if he's still got it in this competition, see how far they can get. But um, that should be an interesting one. Good. It's like a return of the slap. Return of the slap. <laughs> sorry man <laughs> sorry that's my that's my dad joke out of the way uh, Zlatan is obviously going to be in the news and we're going to talk about him later obviously with his uh, controversy regarding LeBron James uh, the greatest basketball player of the modern generation and uh, we'll have that discussion in a moment uh, just quickly just wrapping up Europa uh, we discussed Arsenal and narrowly beating Benfica uh, and then celebrating a hard fought win personally I thought it was quite hard to watch with the game could have been put to bed in the first leg. And then they showed great determination. And if it wasn't for sort of Partey coming on and showing his sort of class to help push us forward and Kieran Tini, who, you know, need to give that man the armband when, you know, Aubameyang sort of retires or moves to Dubai or, or China or something to chase that last bag. Um, just real, real hard four out win there to put them forward Leicester surprising everyone we're going out uh, and maybe focusing on Champions League um, which you could obviously say is you know the bigger bigger prize draw or the, or the bigger uh, objective for the owners and then Rangers as Ash just alluded to slapping up Antwerp 5-2 9-5 on aggregate so there are goals galore um, just quickly we'll, we'll breeze through just the Europa League catch up uh Corey I'll start with you the Arsenal Benfica game I mean did you watch it sort of ha- hands behind your eyes behind the sofa or was you confident that Arsenal gonna pull it out of the bag last minute mm, no nah, behind the sofa it's like we made hard work of that you know is we got a goal early it's like cool you know let's just like control it from here um but we just gifted them their goals and um we made it unnecessarily hard and unnecessarily tense um against and an average Benfica team from, from what I saw. Um, bang average. Yeah, bang average. So, like I, like I said at the start, you know, about Saka, you know, he, um, he two great assists, um, Aubameyang did his thing, but it shouldn't have got to that. We should have, like, we should have just, you know, brushed him aside way easier than that. Mm-hmm. They do make it hard work for themselves. I know the free kick, I watched it, sort of, I had it on the uh, TV at home and I said to the missus, I said, this is going in top bins, that free kick. And lo and behold, worldies, top bins against Leno. But Arsenal showed their grit and uh, moving forward, moving forward, trusting the process. I think Lacazette had that on his boots. Trust the process. I think he's trying to get that new contract. He's an idiot. <laughs> he had SpongeBob. Well, this, this sums it up. He had SpongeBob square pants on one boot and then he had trust the process on another boot so i don't know if i can take anything with a man who has spongebob square pants on his boots and um he's not firing on all cylinders so we'll see we'll see trust the process we will see that seems to be the the new saying um i'm sick of hearing that yeah yeah it's it's rubbish (laughs) yeah right so there's no process Sorry. No process. Hey, listen, slow process is better than no process, is once once was said. Right, moving forward. Ash, I'm going to come to you first. Pep Roulette, everyone's fantasy football nightmare. Is he going to keep Sterling in? Is he going to rotate Gundogan? The defenders, who starts? What happens? And in the past, I think, you know, you've been uh, very accurate in sort of saying he's overplayed or he's overfought or he's tried to be too smart. He's gone back mm. uh, to... Defending the basics have been brilliant. And Diaz, 
is up for player of the year, in my opinion. Yeah. I think a lot of people are going to put him forward for player of the year. Obviously, the league is pretty much in the bag. He's made John Stones look even better. John Stones now has to be in contention for England as a starting centre-back. They didn't make light work of West Ham. West Ham did really well, obviously showing their improvements this season, and they got away with a hard-fought 2-1 win. What was your thoughts on the early kickoff yesterday? Yeah, I... I expected West Ham to give them a good game. I think the way that West Ham set up, um, especially because they went to three at the back in that game, um, they kind of pushed Kufal and Johnson into win backs. So what they did is with Man City kind of now f- f- like having a set formation and a set system and then tweet- putting players in that, it meant that Peppers finally stopped trying to be too smart. He does is a bit smart with his rotation and he's been able to manage it really well, but the fundamentals of the formation stay the same. So what that means is when West Ham went to three and then they had their their two full, their two fullbacks pushed in, it made it pretty difficult, meaning that where City would normally do well in the in the wider areas for like pullbacks and stuff like that, they weren't able to do that. They completely like negated that as a threat. Um City still were probably like the better side, but West Ham with like Lingard, Bowen, just consistently like turning the ball over, wanting to like kind of do well in that one v one duels, meant that they kept Man City very very honest. I mean, mm. both both centre backs scored yesterday, which says a lot um, from from kind of crosses. Yeah, I think I think I think it shows a lot. I think it shows a lot of where West Ham have come, but also City just doing enough. And what you've got to remember about City is the players who were on the bench yesterday, it was actually staggering. You had Jesus, Foden, Sterling. Um, you had um, Bernardo Silva. Um, Cancelo was on the bench. Laporte was on the bench. Rodri was on the bench. Like, I, you could almost say they played a weakened side yesterday. Hmm. I mean, it's, I think I've said it in the past. Man City could play three type of teams and just sort of clean up. Because it doesn't matter, like you said, the personnel, it's now the formation and the way they press and the way they work. They've just pl- positioned different players into that position. So Cancelo in the past mm. was covering for De Bruyne, played really well Champions League midweek. Um, he was, you know, he was a lot of people's outside player in fantasy that had him for cheap and he was getting mad points. Um, and then just to bench him, which was disappointing on my end, but then bringing KDB Mm-hmm. arguably you know the best you know the, the guys just the pass he played for the first goal we just need to Cold. acknowledge that it was just it was just ridiculous Cold. just, but just on the on the money yeah but your point about Diaz he has done exceptionally well and he has kind of really shored up that back line but I, I also think there needs to be some credit given to, to 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 John Stones because there was a point where he looked like he was out the door he knew he had to kind of pull his socks up. Amrit Laporte is still an exceptional centre-back. So for him to be ahead of him still, now that he's fit, now that he's kind of come in and performed well to give clean sheets, says a lot about him. I know Diaz has done very well, but I still want to give um, some shout-outs, some props to Johan Stones, who is England's best centre-back. Yeah, well said, well said. OK, moving forward. Um, Corey, I don't know if you saw the West Brom... Brighton game, and it was a tale of uh, the referee, really, but for the wrong reasons. Um, Lewis, no, Dunks, uh, Lewis Dunk Lewis scoring a free kick and then being disallowed. Two penalties uh, being given, arguably the wrong decision for one of them. I felt the handball was was shocking; shouldn't have been a handball. And the second one, depending on the angle, got the ball. Um, and it was just a bit of a bit all over the place for Brighton. I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts on that. 
Yeah, I didn't watch the whole match, but I saw some highlights. And yeah, I pretty much agree with you. I don't understand why these wrong decisions are still being made, you know, in the age of VAR. It's a bit it's a bit weird, you know. I guess you can watch something twice, but if you're you just got bad judgment, then you know, there's nothing you could do about that. Um but all that aside, good win for, for West Brom. Um obviously they needed that. And um I don't know, it's waiting to see like if Allardyce can, you know, get them out of jail. Um it would be a story if he could, but they're improving. And um, yes, I think it's going to be an interesting, like last part of the season for them. Mm, I mean, the, sorry, I'm just setting the text to work. Um, I think the free kick. Okay. That was, that was shocking. But the fact they had two penalties, they had several chances, you know, Mm. blazed over. Um, I don't, you know, it was disappointing that the dunk goal got chalked off, but they had they had more than enough chances to put that game to bed. So, you know, Brighton left to uh, ruin those ruin those chances, and also the refereeing again showing sort of the level of the English refs. It's a bit all over the place, really, isn't it, Ash? All over the yeah. place. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think what you, what's got to happen here is the referees made a mistake. The benefit has gone to the attacking team regardless of how the, the defending team feels there's no way that it was right for, for that goal to be chalked off um, as a result of that I think Brighton obviously that they've missed two penalties which is um, unforgivable but for them to have gone through all of that and having to to, to see a goal rightly like, it's just it's wrong and that is one of the worst mistakes I've seen in my entire life of football mm. That's, that is that to me reminds me of stuff that I've seen like in Sunday League. That's how bad it was. It was shocking. It was, yeah, it was it was a bit all over the place. So, but you know, Brighton could have had loads more goals opportunities. So, one of those one of those odd ones. Um, moving on, we had a, uh, the Leeds Villa game. Now, this was a surprise for a lot of people. Uh, Leeds finding it really hard to sort of etch out a chance and get a goal or get any points on the board, especially for fantasy. I had Bamford and Rafinha. Uh, Rafinha, one of those sort of under-the-radar, cheaper midfielders that has just been plugging away. And then Villa just holding firm and getting a clean sheet. Ollie Watkins assist. Um, Cal, I don't know if you saw this at all or your thoughts on Villa showing up the defence and Leeds not being able to break them. Yeah, I watched a bit of the game. I think we kind of got to give props to Aston Villa and the way Dean Smith has set up his side. Um, because they've rotated the squad. They've got a couple of injuries. Um, you know, Grealish is out. So you wonder, because he's their main man, you wonder, can they actually do it without Grealish in the team? You know, they weren't quite the same. They weren't creating as many opportunities as they do, obviously, because Grealish is such a good creator when he's on the ball. And everything generally goes through him. But what they did show is that they've got guys like Nakamba that can come in. Um, they've got guys like... Uh, El Ghazi and Traore that can come in and, you know, and they can do a decent job, man. Um, Oli Watkins is always a danger. He's always a threat. The way that he plays, he's kind of hustling and harrying defenders. Be a bit of a nightmare to play against somebody like that. And um, the assist for the goal, I actually thought he was trying to shoot. It looked like he was kind of shaping up to try and shoot and the ball just kind of ended up not really going towards the goal, which kind of fell kindly for El Ghazi to, to mm. kind of lock it in. Um, and it was it was that kind of a game where it didn't look like there was going to be loads of goals in the game. 
Um, and the one goal was enough to win it, really. Um, but also, I don't know, man. I mean, I think uh, he has been maybe critiqued on this podcast before as being someone who experiments a bit too much with his tactics. I think he was maybe Ryan saying that he was tactically naive by, you know, having this gung-ho style of always trying to attack. Um, but, you know, maybe in this game, maybe they, they did set themselves up to be a little bit more pragmatic with their formation. It wasn't that strange 3-3-3-1 thing that he likes to do. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, um, you know, they came across quite a solid Villa team that were hard to break down. Yeah, interesting. Probably a lot of people's acabuster that game that they probably have leads to, to at least score or both teams to score. Um Leeds to win it or maybe be in the draw. So interesting for Leeds. Go back to the drawing board. And the evening kickoff, Newcastle Wolves. Um, that pairing of Neves and Neto just covering for Jimenez. Obviously, Wolves have suffered without their talisman, uh, as any team would. Um, and then grinding out a draw. There was an interesting stat to do with um, Traore, who was sort of 20-odd games, no assists, no goals. And then my friend retweeted 100% Vaseline. <laughs> uh, big up Kevin uh, from the, um, the Real Group Chat podcast but yeah he's uh, Wolves are a funny one aren't they because on their day they can give any team a run for their money and do really well um, and yeah just sort of still trying to still trying to get it right with new personnel and Newcastle without Callum Wilson just sort of scrambling for points really under Steve Bruce I think they've got better but again Newcastle fans won't be happy until they're up there like they used to be with their Fastino Sprillia Kevin Keegan days but that was an interesting one right moving on today's fixtures now it is a true super Sunday as we're recording so it may go quiet here and here and there where uh, the lads are watching either the Arsenal uh, the Leicester-Arsenal game or the Crystal Palace-Fulham game. Uh, Corey, it's currently 1-0 Arsenal-Leicester. Sort of, what's your thoughts on this game and then moving forward with such a horrible running for Arsenal? It's not looking too good, is it? It's 2-1 now, by the way. 2? Two. 2-1 two, to Arsenal. Oh, my word. Hallelujah. Oh, well, my thoughts are I'm very happy. <laughs> <laughs> We're live. Live, um, it's like that a live. live That live content. <laughs> yeah. That, hey, that, listen. That Man United, that breader, that that donut, who's a Man United fan, um, and he streams his reaction. Um, oh, Mark something. No, is it? Um, anyway. From the United stand, I know who you're talking about. He's like Alan Partridge. He's like a character, but yeah, I think he's really like that. And he got into it with DT. Um, and he streamed. Anyway, this is like live reaction. Sorry, Corey, take it away. Sorry, bro. No, well, yeah, um, 2-1. I'm just looking. It was a Lacazette penalty, so I'm not too sure, obviously, what, it, what incidents surrounded that. Um, but, and, yeah, we obviously David Luiz with a header for the first goal. Um, look, I kind of wasn't too optimistic about this game. They have got a lot of injuries, Leicester. You know, Madison was out. Um, Justin was out. So I thought, OK, at least we're not facing a full-strength um, team, but... You know, they tend to get quite a bit of joy against us and Vardy always scores against us. So it's half time. I'm not getting too excited yet. But hey, look, 2-1 half time Arsenal away. I'll, I'll take that. Mm, got to be positive. It seems that Willian got an assist uh, and unfortunately Smith Rose out of injured, uh, which may, depending on the injury, may do him good just to rest a bit because I feel he's been overused and he's been, when, asked, when Arteta's used Smith Rose and Odegaard, they've sort of, Two number tens, mm. it's not quite 
it's worked in some parts because obviously they've got the results here and there, but not to the effect of, of what they wanted. Um, so see what happens with the same spaces. Yeah, and, and it's just it's a bit too much. Like I think what happens there is, you, if you need you need a bit more thrust. And our best run of form came when Smith Rober came on number ten. So I kind of think you need to pay one of the two of them, yeah. unless you're playing a team like that plays that with a low block. Then maybe you want kind of ball carriers. But other than that, definitely play one of them in like the bigger games. Mm. I just think with the ball, like with what made Saka so successful, and we, we spoke about it at the Benfica game, where he just drives at players and he's direct. It, one, two step overs, nothing too fancy. What players fear, defenders fear, is pace and being direct. And I think at times Arsenal have not been direct enough on the flanks uh, in order to push that. So with the two number 10s, unless they're sort of nipping around and little fancy passes that can only work so much. So it'd be interesting to see in the second half, how Leicester bounce back and hopefully it's not a Vardy party. Um, hopefully we can have a Thomas party and he can come on and, and boss the midfield and then go on from there. Um, obviously Leicester concentrating on Champions League football. Now their Europa campaign has finished and Arsenal one eye on Europa and the forthcoming fixtures. Okay. The big games this weekend, we've got Chelsea, Man United, and this will tie in nicely with the sort of Thomas Tuchel article that I shared. Um, it seems that the uh, there's a new air of fun and direction at the Chelsea training ground. Thomas Tuchel taking over from Frank Lampard, and it seems that the players have now got a bit more tactical direction and awareness from their new manager he's brought in you know breath of fresh air which always happens with managers so, but it was interesting to see you know covering from the legend was frank lampard this is an interesting game on paper um i'm going to pass it to you cal what's your sort of thoughts on chelsea man united well it's Big obviously game. a huge game massive game biggest game of the uh, of the game week you might think um although we do have liverpool versus chelsea coming up in the week as well um, so, yeah, twin, Costa Toyn, you know, personally, I think uh, Man United and Chelsea is a game I really like. Now, I, all right, fair enough, i got, I got to admit, Liverpool versus Chelsea is a huge game as well. Um, but, um, yeah, Man United, um, the way that they're playing at the moment, I quite like their attack. And I think they fixed their defence as well. Um, and with the, uh, the re-emergence of Luke Shaw as a top player, I think that kind of gives them an extra little dimension because we know they've got Wan-Bissaka on the right who is more of a defensively solid kind of fullback. So they really need for the balance of the team to have somebody on the left-hand side bombing forward. And Alex Sellers was doing that when he first came. But I think Mitch, literally just his mere presence, just the fact that he was there has kind of made Luke Shaw think, I need to step up my game. Mm. And mm. he really did. He really did. He stepped up his game to the point where now you're thinking, yo, he should be playing for England. Like he should be England's number one left back right now because there's no comp- there's nobody playing as well as he is right now. Yeah, I think he, I think he does both. I'm a big Luke Shaw fan. I think he was at Southampton. Was he at Southampton? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. went to United. And then in, he did really well when he went there. Then he fell out of favour, got injured. He put on a lot of weight. Uh, he bulked up. But his IQ, like even his footballing brain, I I really like him. He's a solid player, and he's come on even more leaps and bounds. And like you said, Carrie offers that attacking. Um, presence on that left side and he's definitely in contention for the England left back spot which playing, playing was, better than Chilwell I would say yeah I think Chilwell had the nod starting though, the yeah yeah Chilwell had the nod coming from Leicester to Chelsea had a good run but now Man, you know obviously 
he's not he's not starting. And although in the past, I don't mean you know Southgate has said, oh, I want players who are playing to give them to, to starts, and then sort of we shall see. I know he's got his favourites. Under Lampard, Shiro was you know he was Lampard's guy. Lampard brought him in, didn't he? Um, but then under Tuchel, he's preferred to go for Alonso, who I I always thought he was hard done by because Alonso was a good player and he's he's proven that since Tuchel's come in, he's been consistent and he's been solid down the left. Um, but for me, I think if you look back at how Shiro was playing under Lampard and then you look at how Shaw's playing right now, I think Shaw's looking like that better player and he's playing he's in better form than Shiro is. Definitely, uh, definitely. And overall. I'm really excited about that game. I think Chelsea's in absolutely great form, but this is probably Tuchel's biggest test in the Premier League now, isn't it? Because everybody's been quite excited at how well he's done since he's coming. I think we can talk a bit more about that later. Mm. Um, but, yeah, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, there's still some question marks over him. People still kind of question his ability. Is he really a top coach? They think, you know, well, let's put him up against someone who is a top coach. And let's see how this game turns out. And honestly, I don't know how it's going to go because Rashford's scoring goals. Uh, Fernandez is scoring goals, creating. Um, maybe Manchester United really need that world-class striker to take them to the next level. Mm. Um, maybe Chelsea should have that in Werner um, and the likes of, um, you know, all of the other great attacking players that they have in the team. Um, but, you know, we'll see, won't we? I think it's poised to be a really good game. Cool. Um, I'm going to pass to Ash and then Corey. Any games that sort of stand out? We're over, we're overrun with games. There's a game every night. Sometimes there's two. It's happy days in the households for football. Um, Ash, any any games that jump out? I, I'm looking at the City Wolves game. I think on the Tuesday, can they keep can they keep the momentum going? But I just wanted to get your thoughts. Um, Fulham Tottenham interests me just because Fulham have really done well. I like Lookman. Um, I like the the Madra guy up front. He has, he's not looking that great today, but he scored like those two good goals against me. And I think Fulham are the one team in the bottom three who I think have a genuine chance of getting out of it and pulling someone else back in. Um, so I think that game's going to be important. And I also think you have to kind of acknowledge Liverpool-Chelsea as that the historical rival, rivalry. I actually think slightly differently. I think Chelsea could actually really put a stamp in these next two games, like playing United and um, Liverpool. I think they'll get four points. I think they'll definitely beat one of the two of them. I'm not too sure who. Like, Liverpool awful at home at the moment. United have been really, really weird in big games where I think they've only scored one goal in seven um, of the the games against the top six so far this season. I'm actually going to back Tuchel's boys to to do well in these two games. Interesting. And Corey? Yeah, I mean, the same as Ash, pretty much. Um, Chelsea fixtures, I'm interested to see, like, what, you know, because, yeah, four points, I can see that. And um, that's that's big for them, you know, to, to, like, do something against rivals. And it kind of really sets them up going in, you know, to the, the rest of the season, get that Champions League spot. And Tuchel is looking really good. He's just hit the ground running. Um, kind of backs what I said. What I was thinking about Lampard that he's just he's just not that great, you know. I think mm. last season, um, cool, got into the Champions League spot and whatnot, but got got a chance to spend some money this year, and he just wasn't clicking with any of the new players. And mm. um, you know, what I mean, and I, and I think he got a bit found out, you know. But which is fair enough. He's new, you know. He was new to the Premier League and whatnot. He's there's still things that he's got to 
experience and, and work out. It's a shame that, you know, he didn't. But Tuchel is a really good acquisition by Chelsea. And mm. um, if they if they can do something against these two teams, I think like next season we're talking about Chelsea being title contenders. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Uh, I think one that stands out for me could possibly be West Brom Everton. Obviously, West Brom, Big Sam fighting for their lives, uh, trying to keep up and get the points. And Everton always fail to deliver at certain games. Games you think, oh, they've got this. They end up sort of just, just crumbling or melting because they're toffees. But uh, it'd be interesting <laughs> to see with uh, Richarlison. Obviously, I'm a big fan of uh, Rodriguez, uh, James and Calvert-Lewin, who's pushing for that England position, because I think there's a number of big men. I think you spoke about Ollie Watkins. Uh, you've got Bamford. You've got Ings, maybe. Is it, you know, could you take him to a tournament, obviously, if he's injury-prone? And you've got Kane, who could just... I mean, he was having the season of his life, and he was up there for player of the season before the injury and before Spurs uh, dropped down, uh, you know, to mid-table, uh, looking like a mid-table team now just like Arsenal are. So that would be interesting for me. Um, other than that, you know, lots of games coming thick and fast. Let us know your thoughts um, at beer, at bands, at podcast, play on. Right. Just one other thing Brom. before we move on. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I just yeah. wanted to about West Brom. I just wanted to shout out Kyle Bartley because he's uh, an, an old Arsenal Academy player and he's gone on to have a career in the Premier League with West Brom. And since Big Sam has come in, he's, you know, when a new manager comes in, kind of like how Tuchel brought Alonso out of the cold and started making him one of his guys. Uh, Big Sam has made Carl Bartley one of his guys and he's been performing. He's been the captain. He's been absolutely killing it. Um, and in the last game against Brighton, he was a really big reason why they ended up getting that result. He put in a great last ditch tackle and he scored as well. He scored a header um, to give them the win. So shout out to Carl Bartley. He's killing it. Nice. Yeah, I just wanted to say, um, don't please don't jinx Everton. Some of us have a certain Dominic Calvert-Lewin as triple captain this week. So, oh, are you triple captain him? Yeah, don't talk on it, please. Away to West Brom, and he's got um, Southampton as well. Yeah, at home. At home. Yeah, but so, mm, okay. Good luck on that one. Safe. That's all I'm saying. All right. Thanks. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Nil point. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, me, yeah. Nice. Well, listen, you're you're I'm you know, you're chasing me like pause, like I have to watch out what uh <laughs> uh what I'm doing. Okay. There goes our review of this weekend's results and fixtures. Moving on now, we just want to say first and foremost, our condolences thoughts go out to Liverpool's goalkeeper Alisson, whose father unfortunately drowned while out in Brazil. Um, according to a widespread reports, the 57-year-old was swimming close to his holiday home in Brazil on Wednesday when he was reported missing and there was a search underway uh, and unfortunately the Liverpool goalkeeper has uh, father has passed away. So it'll be interesting to see what the protocol is for sort of Alisson um, going over there to support the family or to attend the funeral. I know Brazil were sort of in their own uh, issues with, with COVID. The president didn't handle it at all well. Um, so we wait and see. But thoughts go out to Alison and, and, you know, his his family. Obviously, if you've lost anyone or you've got anyone who's going through anything at the moment, our thoughts at the podcast go out to you. Remember, you can reach out. And um, when the thoughts go out to Tiger Woods, I know this is not a golf podcast, but uh, obviously uh, Tiger Woods, who had a really bad injury. I don't know if you guys heard about that, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So just be careful on the roads as well. People that are listening, obviously stay off your phones, man. Stay off your phones when you're driving and just be careful. And yeah, 
Right. Moving on, moving on, moving on. Let's jump into, I'm just looking at the notes. We've got this young goal scorer, Cal. I know you got an eye on the Bundesliga. Your German was quite good in school, is what I remember. And we've been to Berlin together <laughs> for my stag. We had a good time there, didn't we? We should have gone to a football game. It was the, it was the German Cup final the same day as the Arsenal FA Cup final. So it oh, was lit. That's good. That's his, yeah. Excellent. Uh, so my, my German is actually terrible. I'm just going to oh. clarify that before people start trying to at me on social media and talking to me in German. Um, but... Um, yeah, Jamal Musiala, I think maybe it was Ash that sent this article in um, about him. Uh, and uh, I found a, a, a quite a comprehensive article in Sky Sports, actually, uh, after we were first sort of discussing this story in the group chat. Um, so uh, for those that don't know, he's a young lad coming through at Bayern Munich. He was actually born in Germany. Um, but his identity, I think, is an interesting point, right? Because... In this article here, it lists his father as being Nigerian British or British Nigerian with a little hyphen between. So I guess I can relate to that being maybe I could call myself a, a British Ghanaian because I'm born here in the UK, but my parents were born from Ghana. So that might make me a British Ghanaian um, type of identity, right? But Musiala's mum was born in Germany. She's a German. So if he has a German mum, and a British Nigerian dad, I guess that means that, you know, he could play for England because his dad's from England or he could play for Germany because his mom's from Germany. So he had a he was in that position where he could choose which nation he wanted to go ahead and represent. Um, having grown up in Germany, you know, you would think that's his homeland. That's where he wants to go. But then, you know, his family moved to England when he was a youngster. He went to school in Croydon. He played for the Chelsea um, youth set up. Um, and then uh, before he turned pro, he got, uh, you know, snapped up by Bayern Munich and he made his debut for Bayern Munich not too long ago. He actually scored in the Champions League. It was a nice little goal that he scored against Lazio of all teams. It wasn't like one of these dibby, 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 crappy little teams. It was actually big, big Lazio, you know. Um, and he set records, didn't he? He became the youngest ever English goal scorer to score in the Champions League. And uh, he's been playing in the youth setup at international level for England. So he's been playing like in the under 21s with Lady Bruford. Uh So, of course, you can imagine all of his, his young English compatriots and his, his manager would want to encourage him to play for England. Um, but being born in Germany and playing for Bayern Munich and being in the first team, I'm sure that had a lot of uh, sway to make him want to change his mind. And he ended up choosing to want to go ahead and play for Germany. So it'll be interesting to see what's mm. going to happen with this youth now, because he looks like a baller. Like he's got techers and he's got talent. You know, he's like an attacking midfielder. Um, and there's a lot of our young sort of English players that are going to Germany. We've seen Jaden Sancho do it. Um, Lookman's done it. Um, there's a lot of players. There's more. Like being somebody who plays FIFA, you know, I have access to that database where I can see when, you know, when January comes and people move, you, you see the clubs that they, they move to and stuff like in the game. So I can see there's a lot of uh, young English talent going over to Germany now. Um, maybe it's a bit concerning that we might start losing some of these lads to go and play for the German national team. But to be fair to Musiela, he was born in Germany. So technically, that makes him a German. Though. I just want to ask, Ash, so what's your thoughts? Uh, thanks, Kel. So 
he's played for England under 15s, England mm. under 16s, England under 17s. He's captain the under 21s. Oh, sorry, he's a captain the under 17s, and he's played for the under 21s. So he's got loads of caps for England all through schoolboy level up until under 21s, which you think, okay, the natural progression would be either first team football potentially or take us a group of young under 21 players, build build them up and then push them up. But the fact that he's then left to play for Germany, what's your thoughts on someone who's gone through the ranks only to then be snapped up by Germany who are on a massive rebuild at the minute, obviously? I think it's always a difficult one because there's a lot of players who play at that level and then maybe due to them then not being picked, they would then move to, say, a lesser country. So I think we've had that Zaha was in the English um, was in the English system, then eventually went to play for um, the Ivory Coast. We've had a number of players who've maybe gone to s- smaller nations. I think where it becomes difficult is when they go to a bigger nation. So technically, Germany are a bigger footballer nation because of what they've won and their, and their heritage. Um, what Cal said it would make more sense for him to have been in the Germany setup. So the fact that they've overlooked him or they wasn't able to get him then and now they picked him up does feel a little bit like um, the English the English setup's been cheated and they have lost a very good player. But mm. essentially... He did play for the Germany under 17s, by the way. He played for both of them. Which is strange. Yeah, he played for Germany. It says here in the article, he played for Germany's under 17s. Um, but then he captained England's under-17s in a friendly against their German counterparts in 2019. <laughs> did, he, did, he switch shirt, did he switch shirts at half-time, you know? <laughs> you know when you're a man down and you've got the one player who's like, all right, now you've got to, you've got to swap, swap shirts now when it's not fair. Did he do that? Mate, <laughs> <laughs> his story is absolutely... Shout-out to Tommaso Fiore and Ben Grounds, the guys who wrote this article, because this is an absolutely fascinating story. You can imagine, what, what's, what's Jamal doing? Is he, like, speaking German to his... German under-17 guys, and then when they're swapping shirts, he's speaking in English to his English guys. And there was everybody in both squads. <laughs> Is he doing the shut Jordan Sancho with his accent? Did you hear he got, he got... um Yeah, yeah, that was mad. That was mad, but I thought, what is wrong with people? Of course you're going to pick up an accent. If you're working and living in a country and you're sort of an age, you're going to naturally pick up the accent. And when you're talking to your... It just happens anyway, so I thought Jordan I Sancho got... About that, got you've, seen for that with, you've seen it with, like, McLaren... Like, yeah, all of a but sudden, no, like, Champions what, League. Four, four, four weeks later, man, saying, "Oh, you know, because the way we're playing football at the moment, like, what's going on That's there?" That's a classic like, English thing. When 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 English people go on holiday and they they talking to the waiters or the or the trip advisor people, they they speak slowly and they put on an accent of the country they're in, but still speaking in English. <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, he got George Sancho got slewed for that, but uh, yeah, interesting, and it will also be interesting down the line. Should England ever get to a semi-final and not bottle it, or a final and not bottle it, and play Germany, and then this kid is to pop up and score the winner? Oh, can you imagine the controversy down the I, line? I wonder if like his he's actually torn because he's clearly got a connection to both places. Um, yeah. You know, British Nigerian father. You know, somebody like me who had a youth with a German woman, you know, I would want my kid to play for England, you know. I, but he's, I'd like to hear the difference. I'd, I'd, I'd really like to see if his dad goes out and does an interview or something. I'd like to hear his perspective on it. Um, 
his dad's probably thinking, well, what about Nigeria? Why didn't you Why didn't you think about yeah, playing for, for Nigeria? No, they must... that's, that's not on the table, man. Oh, his, why da- not, his dad man? would have a British passport. His dad's a British citizen. His, yeah, his dad British. could have a Nigerian passport as well. I bet his dad's got... Technically, he could have dual citizenship. He could 100%. have dual citizenship. But it goes back to my point. Like, if he was dead, then he would have, he'll be forced to play for one of these countries. Whereas now, like because he's quite good, there's just so much up in the air for him. So I think I think the decision should be simplified. I think you should have to declare a little bit earlier, so then people can just say this is it, this is this is who I play for, and then that's it. Yeah, I think the I think fact there he's should be some kind of change in, in, in maybe regulation or something now, something yeah, to put in place. Yeah, because they're putting all this two under seventeen teams. That's yeah. But he's German. He's German, effectively. Like he's born in Germany. He's German education. He plays like you could say he's probably more German than English. I know that doesn't matter, but hundred percent. He's he's German. Like I would say he's German. He's probably got a German passport, German education, German system has uh, helped raise him, healthcare, da 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 da. Um, and then he's played for England, granted, but that's all a bit that's all a bit mad. Same thing with Saka. Same thing with a lot of players. Uh, look at the French players, you know, of African. It's inter- It's an interesting debate and the interesting views on sort of who should you play for. And he's obviously gone to the bag. He's gone to think, right, I'm, I'm in Germany. I'm with all my mates. I'm playing in the German. I'm playing for the best team in Europe, uh, you know, and the best team in Germany. And um, the manager wants me for the national team. So it, it makes sense to sort of sign my yeah, allegiance there. Makes total sense. Yeah. Um, Germany's his main chick. England was his side chick. <laughs> you know, he at the end of the day, you always got to pick it. Nando's, yeah, but. yeah, don't you know? Stick with your main chick. Don't go to the side chick because the grass ain't always greener. So, um, yeah, I think it makes sense doing the right thing. Well said. Well said. That's a very good uh, metaphor analogy. Uh, hmm. Thank you, Corey, for simplifying that's, that's it. A, that's why he's the big bro. That's it. That's it. Um, <laughs> Three one. Oh, talk to me. It's mad, Pepe. What is Hold on, I'm going to look out the window. Has hell freeze up, frozen over? Or picks <laughs> flying? I've got a William assist, a David Luiz header, and a Pepe goal. And a Lacazette goal as well. <laughs> yeah, but Lacazette, Laca, to be fair, he he was doing okay. Now you know uh, I'm with Laca. This was a great team goal. And why are you so ahead of me? I'm watching on BT Sport. I've just seen the goal going up. No, I'm not even watching. I'm getting um, what I get um, yeah, I get um notifications to my to my watch. Gee, all right, all right, James Bond. Well, wow. <laughs> we're in tights watching that. It trust me. You never see me and Batman in the same room. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. <laughs> say no more. Say no more. I don't know what to say about that. Really, you just you, you went left on that one. You went left on that one. All right, let's keep it moving. I'm gonna just talk on this one. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, and it and it links into what I'm gonna say here. So, uh, there was a link about Guardiola condemning players leaks uh, and also recently in Hertha Berlin there was uh, a player revolt with some ex-Arsenal players of Kolesnach and Mustafi who wanted uh, gross out the manager so there seems to be things going on there in Hertha Berlin I know we're just talking about sort of Bayern Munich and the German link and this ties in with Guardiola but players leaking information to the press I know Arteta had something about a mole I don't know who that who that mole was I don't I don't know if it was Socrates or someone else I don't know if Corey knows uh, with, the, with the Arsenal expert but um it says Pep leaks unprofessional but can't be controlled. Premier League players and staffs up and down the country are being warned about the potential risks of taking part in fantasy league football and then leaking out information to the press. Um, 
Corey, as you're the fantasy football man, and obviously you're doing well, uh, and I just asked you about the Arsenal mould. What's, what's your thoughts on sort of Pep's thoughts on the unprofessionalism of players uh, putting themselves in fantasy football or leaking out information? Shut up, Pep. Let the players leak it. You know, it helps all of us. Um, you know, I appreciate I appreciate a bit of um, early team news, you know, when I'm um, choosing my team. So um, don't worry about that. Worry about winning the Champions League, Pep Guardiola. Don't worry about things like this. Just, let, you know, let us fantasy football players get as um, big an advantage as we can. <laughs> do you think players should... Do you think, like, Bamford, who's always banging on about fantasy football and I should have captained myself, do you think footballers should have a fantasy football account? Yeah, why not? It's not gambling. It's but just, even um, though people put money on it. I know you've got a... Uh, who's got... Ash, is it... You've got the league with yeah, money in it. I'm I know. So it league. could sort of technically be gambling and could affect... affect a result, you could say. Kind of. Like, you know, it's... it's you know, yeah, look, if he, he can captain himself and you can put some money on himself, it doesn't mean that he's going to score and he's, he doesn't really... He can't, he can't really affect anything else. Um, a he could triple captain himself and do an absolute... Who did you triple captain, Ash? Uh, Calvert-Lewin? Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, Calvert-Lewin could have to do an absolute Mazzolini. And, but got good fixtures. Oh, he might not. No, but you I know don't think there are good fixtures, it. you know. I think they're harder fixtures than granted. Oh, he's not giving a penalty, is he? See, I think... So, looking at the, the actual issue... I think it's interesting. So, like, putting bets on a game is different because there are better markets and we, we see that around the world these things happen. These are personal, like, fantasy groups where they've got players and it's a bit of competition. Like, I'm only in a league with, with money just because that's what we do as, as, like, a really small thing. I can't go online. I can't go on Betfred and say, because of fantasy manager, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. So, I think... I think it's, ideas. Yeah, I think, I think it's a bit unfair. I think naturally leaks will come out anyway like everyone wants to kind of like get a story out people have relationships newspapers survive off of links and um things coming out so being someone who's worked in the media you kind of need that but at this but what i do think they need to do is they need to ensure that the the people who are leaking information like you said i, I think a selection can be detrimental but there's more important things that kind of come out. Like we've, we've heard crazy stories about people being on bands or, or those kinds of things. We've heard people talk about drugs. There was a mad story about a Bamiyang saying that he was, he was going through a divorce because when it was actually his mum. So people need to be very careful with what they leak out because some of the things is, some of the things they say are liable, li- li- liable. I can't even say that word. Yeah. Liable. Um, is it libelous? Let me find out what that word is. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's not right. It's not right. You just make don't mind. Listen, this is the play on podcast, man. It, it don't matter. Just say words. It's just calmness. Um, but I know what you mean. I mean, I'm 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 torn. Uh, but I'm not for the leaks of information. Uh, but you know, we'll see about the fantasy football thing. Um, right. I'm just conscious of moving on, trying to keep the game flowing. Um, I'm going to throw in my two pence belatedly on yes, uh, on that issue. Uh, personally, I don't think. Players playing FPL is a problem at all. Um, it's got nothing to do with gambling, as I said. Literally, they're just playing a game. And I think, it, if anything, it's positive reinforcement. It offers more incentive for these players to perform well. 
because someone like Bamford, he likes playing FPL and he's captained himself. He wants to get the FPL points and be top of his league. He's got extra incentive to score goals and play well. And that's what he's there to do. He's there to play well. And FPL involvement is only going to enhance that, in my opinion. Mm. Right. Moving on, moving on. We spoke about Zlatan uh, Ibrahimovic earlier with his return, Man United. And this is a player who sort of thinks himself for sort of like godly almost the way he talks about himself in the third person is is mad um and yeah granted he's one of the greatest you know strikers of all time because of what he's done uh to me he scored the most ridiculous overhead volley against england i don't know if you guys remember that but that was yeah that was phenomenal was that against joe hart i can't remember who the keeper was i know Shawcross was playing center back though Oh, it says international. It I think that's his international oh, debut. Sure, sure, has gone to America, Cal. He's gone to. Uh, I think he's gone to Inter Miami. No, no way. You're you're chatting. No, I think so, man. This was on this was on Talksport the other day when I was working, yeah, and um, I'm gonna burn my Inter Miami shirt. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna get you a Shawcross shirt, bro. <laughs> no way. I swear he's gone to America. I'm pretty sure. Don't like. Let me look Excellent. into that. Never do that to me. Ah, but right. So let me find the note. Basically, uh, Zlatan has said somewhere in an interview, an article that LeBron sort of just needs to focus on basketball. He says, do what you're good at. Um, Now, I don't know if this could be taken as do what you're good at, which is not only play basketball, but speak about social injustice, uh, poor money, support and attention into education and, and helping people in America around the world. Or if he just meant just stick to basketball. Um, I don't know if anyone's seen this. Yeah, sorry, go on. Sorry, Corey. No, no, I interrupted you. But no, I think he's just saying about basketball, just stick to basketball. Oh, yeah. I play play football because I'm I'm the best playing of football. I don't do politics. If I'd been a politician, I would do politics. This is the first mistake famous people do when they become famous. For me, it's better to avoid certain topics and do what you're good doing. Otherwise, you risk doing something wrongly. I like James a lot. He's phenomenal. What he's doing... So, but I don't like when people with a status speak about politics. Do what you're good at doing. Ah, okay. So interesting here. And this sort of links into, I don't know, remember people did who watched The Last Dance with Michael Jordan, who didn't get into uh, any politics and he didn't seem to support a local governor who was pushing for power and he didn't speak up against sort of uh, the racial injustice and everything that was going on. 80s and 90s and he was Jordan's been heavily criticised for it um, and he said you know I'm a, I'm a basketball player I'm a, I'm a sports person I want to concentrate on that um, I don't agree with what Zlatan is saying we've got you know LeBron James who basketball I mean arguments aside if you see him as the greatest of all time or you know he's 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 one of the biggest sports uh, people in the world ambassadors and what he does in the pop pop world and just everything and for him to be speaking up about uh social racial in, injustice is is important um he's part of the players union in the nba which was a first uh, and he, he gets things popping so i think he needs to speak up more and you know he, what he does is an is an amazing thing and i think Zlatan just needs to sit down and realize that mm. he's not i think you know uh, you know he, I don't know who's letting saying it, but he's, he obviously hasn't faced as much prejudice as maybe a LeBron James or a black man in America has. So it's hard to say. Do you know what I mean? A six foot, how old, how big is uh, Zlatan? A six foot bloody five white Swedish bloke. Mm. is not going to face a 
is not going to come across the same bullshit that uh, the black people are facing all over the world. So Zlatan just needs to sit down and shut up, basically. Yeah, 100%. And what's interesting is, so I just done a quick search and <clears throat> James kind of claps back and says, I will never shut up about things that are wrong. Mm. I preach about my people and I preach about equality, social justice, racism, voter suppression, things that go on in our community. I use my platform to continue to shed light on everything that's going on around this country and around the world. <clears throat> There's no way I would ever just stick to sports. <clears throat> and he gave, I think it's, defi- it's definitely yeah. like a really important point for him to kind of do that. But then he also gave another example of when Zlatan Ibrahimovic was speaking about um, some undercover racism that he felt due to his name not being... Um, Svensson or not being um, Anderson because he doesn't have a traditional Swedish name and actually there have been things that Zlatan has said he's very outspoken he makes lots of comments beyond beyond football so I think for him to, to be in a position where he's telling people to be to just focus on their sport and their profession is really hypocr- hypocritical mm-hmm. and actually considering about the stuff that's happened recently with um, Lukaku and now this it seems like he's the one with a real big chip on his shoulder and he needs to shut up Big time. I was just going to say the stuff with Lukaku where he was saying, you know, go do your voodoo and go get your mum to do, you know, a voodoo which was taken, you know, and it made Lukaku switch. Mm. Uh, And then I don't know what I don't know what was followed from that kick, that fracas there. And he was saying those type of things. But um, yeah, it's like saying with the the newswoman who said to LeBron needs to shut up and dribble. It's like, you know, in a in a time where we need as much attention and education being brought forward to the to people and helping people you know for someone like lebron to speak up is is standard i would say i think you know more people need to do it uh so big up lebron james the goat and uh yeah that's my view Corey, i'm gonna pass to you and then cal obviously dish it off to you and then we'll keep it moving with the news yeah no um what's it got to do with you Zlatan? you know what i mean lebron ain't worrying about what you, you what you're talking about and what you're doing so don't worry about lebron he's got his cause that he's passionate about every man has a right to be passionate about whatever he wants to be so it's not your business it's be, be, you know i mean mind your own business worry about man united um in europa then you know what i mean don't you know let let lebron do what he wants to do well said cal i'm just feeling like you know Ibra, you're an idiot what are you saying <laughs> What are you saying? And I think King James was very right and exact to point out that, you know, Ibra himself had uh, mentioned something about racial discrimination in the past and about how he had his own situation with his name and people discriminating against him and stuff like that. Like, King James is the wrong one to go for. Come on, like, like the stuff that he's doing in his community, like, Ibra, man, you, you really need to take a leaf out of his book and, and step your game up and do more. Maybe you should build a school and you should stand up and be a leader of your people. And, you know, when they're going through something, maybe you should stick up for them. It's actually really pissed me off because Ibra is one of the people I really like in football. I really like his character and his banner. But for this one, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. He, he chose the wrong one. LeBron, you know, the, the video uh, where, where Ash got the quote from, he, he's given a really long sort of video talk to the to the camera and he's saying, you know, I'm the wrong person. I do my homework and he's had to deal with voter suppression and, and police brutality. Well, we know the history, man. It's, you know, mm. it's, 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 it's sad and, and desperate times um, what's happened. Uh, so LeBron James speaking against that and, and he and he and he backed it and he sort of you know he didn't back down and he's given his talk and i think everyone sides with lebron right 
Moving on. I just saw the mad thing. I just saw Mari outpace Vardy. So that's how you know it's going to be a good day. I can't believe that mm-hmm. in a one-on-one. So uh, <laughs> must be going on. Mari gets... Uh, I'm surprised he hasn't had more games, really. He's done really well for Arsenal. And um, let's hope he can stay fit. Right. Oh, a bit of interference there. Moving on. I think we end with... Rangers and Neil Lennon at Celtic. Uh, sorry, um, uh, yeah, Lennon resigning. Now, it's a tough job. It's a tough job because you're expected in Scotland, if you're the manager of Celtic, after Brendan Rodgers, you're expecting to continue the dominance. I think they won like 10 leagues on a trot or something like that. They absolutely walked it, didn't it? And um, they absolutely bossed it. And he's been receiving... So much pressure from the fans and death threats, which you obviously don't condone. And there's a whole history, sort of religious history with Celtic and Rangers and whatnot. And I think it's finally given way where Neil Lennon has resigned from Celtic and they're miles off Rangers, 18 points adrift. And um, it's sad times. It'll be interesting to see what happens now with Lennon taking over I know Ash spoke about Rangers earlier who were just going for it with Gerard. you've been impressed with with what Gerard's done there Ash yeah and I think initially when he was given the job at such a quite, quite a high level I spoke about so Campbell maybe not being given certain opportunities and obviously Frank Lampard winning at Derby and then at Chelsea but I think the job that Gerard has done has good and I think it is down to timing like sustaining sustaining that amount of league title wins is really hard we're even seeing that Juventus struggling this year um obviously yeah Celtic Celtic are not going to win it as well so it is it is really difficult and Corey spoke about like kind of side chicks and main chicks but going back to an ex is (laughs) even harder as well because when you've been with someone and then you go back in like they, they they judge you differently and I always felt that when Lennon went back he didn't go back with a clean a clean slate he went back having to prove something and yeah I just think it's it was it was always gonna kind of end this way. Um, credit to to um, Rangers for breaking the dominance, and um, yeah, let's just see what Gerard does. I think obviously he's gonna be earmarked for a certain job on Merseyside once he has probably finished in Scotland. Do you um, think he'll take that? Struggles at the moment. Do, do, yeah, do you definitely. think? But do you, I mean obviously he will he will take it or he'll want to take it. But it's one of those poison chalices of like. You're held in such high esteem. You're up there with the greatest mm-hmm. Liverpool captains of all time. Um, I think him winning a league or two would have then further cemented him. But obviously, the, the 80s dominance of Dalglish and them man there maybe put them slightly ahead. But um, do you take it and you think, well, this is only going to end in like it's only going to end in one way? You know, inevitably, you're going to get sacked or you're going to go. Like Arteta said, you know, he knows eventually the the job won't be his. Um, so do you sort of? take the job knowing that or do you sort of have that romanticised view with the fans that oh one day I could do and I could lead us back to greatness so it's I don't know I think he will but I think he takes it but I don't think he takes it directly after Klopp or because I think what happens is is if you go direct it it depends so for instance if Liverpool were to finish say I don't know 7th or 8th this season hypothetically right and Klopp was to walk away you've just won the league with Rangers you'll go whatever happens you're going to improve on what's happened last season with Liverpool it wouldn't be a bad time I think it depends on the timing about what happens because if if Liverpool come back and win a league again him coming in to follow that makes it very difficult Uh, so the status of where Liverpool are at when Klopp goes or even what he may do is be the one who comes the manager after Klopp so as a result of that knowing that well 
let someone else take that heat, then maybe I can kind of go in a bit later on. I think it depends on when his entry point is. Mm, sort of like a Bruce Rioch, Arsene Wenger. Yeah. <laughs> Stop gap. Not comparing, obviously, him to Wenger, but um, it'll be interesting. Okay, right. I think we've covered anything. I don't know if any guys want to chip in before we start to wrap this up. I just wanted to use a relationship analogy because everyone's been talking about relationships today somehow. <laughs> um, and I just want to say it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Well said, well said, well said. Um, okay, right. So it has been, it's a solid episode, guys. Another solid episode. It is the podcast player on myself, Ben English, pulling the strings, the older guard the Emil Smith role. Um, I want to big up all the listeners. I want to shout out all the fellas who listen, especially those who know us personally and, you know, share the show uh, with others or who listen and don't tell us that they're listening. You know, you know what Amanda are like, innit? It's like, you get the odd message of like, yeah, yeah, I listen, you know. It's like, well, you, you need to tell people. You need to tell us. So big up all the people that we play football with, big up family, friends, uh, big up people we work with. Um, we got all the other podcasters. I want to say a big shout out to Corey. Thank you, bro, for so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate your time today. No worries, man. No worries. And uh, big up the arse. I want to say, I don't want to say the wrong thing and it end up. What, you really did say the wrong thing. Big up the arse, pause. <laughs> <laughs> the, fri- the Friday night arse on arse bros. The Friday night arse on arse bros. Yeah, and on hopefully- YouTube on youtube so please check yeah. that out arsenal fans and even if you're not an arsenal fan if you're an arsenal hater because there are a lot of arsenal haters out there um for some reason i know we bring it on ourselves with AFTV and when we get gassed and stuff but yeah please check him out and go and go support him uh cal pulling the strings the the center back the diaz the the you know make sure everything's solid the sound man make sure everything's good thank you for, as always bro we got, we got, we got. Obviously, you doing your KDB number ten thing, Bruno Fernandes, you know, pulling uh, the strings. I'll try, I'll try. I can't wait to play football for real, man, and start, start popping. Uh, and Ash, as always, our flair, our chalk on his boots. He's, uh, he's not got SpongeBob and trust the process on his boots. What would you get on your boots, Ash? You, you seem the type to get something spray painted on your boots. What would you get? Like, what type of drip? Nah, nah. The only thing I've ever had is I bought I had some boots that were bought for me that just had ash and then I used to play with number eight, so eight's like my favorite number. That's it. I wouldn't. I'm not Seven. fancy. Yeah, I'm not fancy like that. To be fair, like just let the game do the talking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'll talk a lot on the pitch and then have chat after it, but I don't do anything too. I'm not bossy in it. When you talk, what do you mean? You talk to the opposition defender or the ref or everyone? You're just vocal. Depends, you know. Like, so I'm very, I'm very vocal with the ref. Like, I've, I've run teams. I've been captain. Um, Corey's actually watched me play a couple of times, and he got some mad stories. Can, can we get a verification? Can we, can we go to VAR? Corey, what are you saying, bro? Can we get a verification? All right, look, what he says on the pitch is profanity. It's insults. <laughs> it's you know what I mean. It's not. You can't take your kids to watch Ash play football. You know what I mean. As long as if you know they can't be in earshot, so um yeah, that's 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 the way he talks on the pitch. Nice. Okay. I'd say this thing. Just a quick question. So we've discussed sort of our player positions. Corey, what is what is your position uh, on the real football pitch, and then what is your sort of podcast f- f- uh, sort of footballing style like? Are you gun ho? Are you reserved? Are you flashy like Ash or vocal? Um, I don't actually play football, like you know. Um, I've got my, I just ain't got the technique for it. I would love to, but um, but podcasts 
yeah, mate, I'm I'm gung ho, man. I just I don't hold nothing back. You know, nice. I am definitely I'm definitely leads. I just go for it, and I don't worry about you know what's coming back the other way. So wicked, yeah, we like that's that. My like that man uh, well wel- welcome to the family and obviously your extended family for us now and your ashes family so we look forward to uh all linking up one day having a drink or just sort of whatever whatever so yeah man big up big up uh cory big up the arsenal fans and non-arsenal fans i've been waffling on as always it's these new mics now cal i'm feeling real uh real professional in my little box room sound Oh, well, that's down to you, brother. All right. So don't forget, you can check us out at Podcast Play On, at Beer Up Bands every week, every Monday, give or take. And hit us up. Let us know what's on your mind, fans. And have a good week. Peace. Peace. Peace.